You're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I am Garrett. Today on the show, we're talking about 2004's Spider-Man 2, the follow-up to the well-titled Spider-Man. Boom. Starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, and Alfred Molina, among others. Before we get into that, though, I thought we'd just take some time to talk about what's going on with us lately. What's going on in just the world? Like, I don't know. Days. What's going just on? Just like on a personal level. Yeah. Oh, we don't really get to talk about what ourselves on yeah. this show. Andrew, what have you been up to lately? Anything exciting? Uh, no. I mean, I went to go see a postmodern jukebox. On oh, yeah. Tuesday. I went with you to yeah, that. That yeah, was we, a lot of fun. Yeah, we went. And last Wednesday, I went to go see you, too. I've seen a lot of concerts. Yeah, you time. did. You get to see concerts. And, uh... You, you'd wanted to see you, two for a long time, right? I've been wanting to see you, two for a, a really long time. Had you ever seen them? No. no. Oh, there you go, then. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, this was my first... This is my first time to ever see him, period. And I hear, and they were pretty good. Yeah. I I was. Were you satisfied? I was satisfied. That's uh, good. There were parts of it that I that I didn't get, but overall, <laughs> I was. Sure. Overall, I I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought Postmodern Jukebox was really cool. I thought Postmodern Jukebox was. They kind of took me by surprise. Fun. They were fun. They were because so I like you know I like their YouTube videos. Obviously, I've been watching them for a while now, and then. Saw they were coming to town and thought, I don't know, go in and see them. I was surprised. They were good. It was a literal- I wasn't surprised. I expected them to be good, but they were, I don't know. It, from what Better I than I expected. I didn't go to the show, but you guys made it sound like a, a vaudeville kind of an act where they had singing, they had dancing, they had like more like of an overall like yeah. entertainment kind yeah. of show. It was wild. They had tap dancer. They had yeah. a tap dancer who juggled while tap dancing. Yeah. I had, thought that was impressive. Had multiple uh, singers. Uh-huh. First time I've ever seen anyone tap dance to a disco ball. Never seen that before. To a disco ball? Yeah, they had the disco ball going and everything. Nice. Not just any disco ball. And I've never, like, colors with that's the first time I'd ever seen the Kane's Ballroom disco ball going. Yeah. And it was with, during a tap dance. Interesting. Portion, so that's that cool. was neat. Anyway, yeah. What about yeah. you? What do you, what do you got anything new? Uh, would you be surprised if I told you that the host of a movie podcast went and saw a bunch of movies? No. But I, they're like, I don't know. Everybody goes and sees, like, the big time mainstream ones, but I had saw some, like, underground, I guess. Uh, I saw one with Joaquin Phoenix called You Were Never Really Here. How was that? It was like uh, if you, if the professional and Man on Fire had a baby and that baby grew up with drug problems and emotional issues. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. It was very good. There were some parts where that I couldn't understand the dialogue a lot, but I think it's, there. Uh, this is not necessarily a spoiler, but there's a scene where Joaquin Phoenix has to pull his own teeth out. Yeah. And so his face is swollen and like it's hard to understand what he's saying. Uh, I saw a movie with David Tennant called Bad Samaritan, which was decent. I don't know. If you like David Tennant, he was really good. The overall story wasn't that fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I saw Tully, which highly recommend. Okay. I don't want to... Like, yeah, I saw too- Tully too, but you can't say anything about it, No, basically. There's just one that you got to go see because there's okay. some stuff in there. But like, it was really good. So, like, uh, you know, just some of the little movies that if you get a chance to see, want something a little different, those are fun. I liked them all. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have a lot going on myself. I mean, I already, I already talked about postmodern jukebox. That's the most exciting thing I've done in a, in the last week. So that's about it for me. Nice. You got, new, you got a new couch? Yeah, I got a new couch. Sitting on a new couch. <laughs> that's exciting, I guess, for all the listeners 
I don't know if it makes a difference. Maybe we sound like we have... Uh, it's microfiber. Like we're comfortable, more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well, let's get let's get into Spider-Man 2 then. Spider-Man 2 uh, was released a couple years, I believe, after Spider-Man, the, the, the one... Spider-Man the first. Yeah. Just back in the days when superhero movies didn't need fancy subtitles. In this movie, Spider-Man is now a well-known person in New York City. He's struggling between being Peter Parker and being Mm Spider-Man. He has a hard time keeping up with his responsibilities as Peter when he's Spider-Man and vice versa. All the meanwhile... A uh, a new a new scientist is is come up. He's working with Oscorp and Harry to develop uh, I don't know a crazy octopus suit. And things quickly get out of hand uh-huh. as they are often want to do when uh, crazy people do crazy things. <laughs> Let's start off talking about things we liked in this movie because it's probably going to be the longest portion of the show because <laughs> I liked every, basically everything. I this is. For me, this is the this is the best one of the series, and I say that not just of this Spider-Man series, but so far of the Amazing Spider-Man and the New Spider-Man. I love this. I love this one more than all these. I think it's one of the better superhero movies. Period. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's well written. Mm-hmm. I think for for who it is for Sam Raimi, I think he's actually on par with this one. I think this is probably his best movie. Um, the characterizations of this is great. The 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 movie is well. I will say this: the movie is well casted. Yeah, I, yeah, we talked about that in the last one. Yeah. How how well cast the movie is, and I and it still holds up here, mm-hmm. even though most of the people here are the same. But even still, it just it just goes to show just how well casted these people are. Yeah. It's great to see them kind of in their element now. We talked about in yeah. the last movie how parts of it felt a little rushed because we're trying to get so much of these characters in mm-hmm. in one movie, especially getting their beginnings and then getting to where they're who they're going to be, as in Spider-Man, yada mm-hmm. yada, by the end of it. So in this movie, we act to we get to see them as they are, and I think it helps a lot um, with the, to tell the story when we don't have to see this vast evolution they go through we can focus on them particularly peter this movie uh really goes to show us his struggles Mm -hmm. as he tries to become their balance peter and spider-man yeah i think overall secondary superhero movies have a better opportunity to be better because you don't have to go through all that stuff you don't have to tell the origin story you don't have to do this and that's what i like about the way the modern universe is set up is that they try to introduce the characters in other movies, like Black Panther, for instance. He didn't necessarily have an origin story because we kind of knew who he was and what he was all about because he had been in other movies. And I and I think that's why secondary movies are a little better because you're, it's established. You know who they are. They can just get into the story and you don't have to have all that background and set up and like, this is what happens and this is why this is this. They can just go because they've already had that. And I think that this one does a really good... This is the first time that I'd seen it since I was a kid. Uh, And I was not surprised, but it was uh, a good jog of how good this movie actually was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, the reason that it was so good is because it made me... For me, this movie stands out compared to any other superhero movie that I've seen because it makes me feel for Peter Parker. Yeah. Like... He is struggling so much between 
being a human and being a superhero, and you don't see that really right now in the way the modern superheroes are set up. He he's no, really and you having, didn't see it at the time either. No. Yeah, and he's really struggling to be like, I have these things with great power comes great responsibility. I have to use this thing that I have been given, I guess, to do good because I can help. But I, as a human, want these other things and it puts everything at risk. And so throughout the whole movie, it's it's not necessarily about his struggle with Doc Ock. That seems like a secondary story because it's more about all of the things that he's going through as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, the things he's giving up. And Doc Ock is just another obstacle that's in his way in this continual struggle that he's having throughout the movie. Yeah, the great thing about Spider-Man is he's probably... He's definitely one of the most relatable superhero characters ever made. Mm -hmm. He's not rich. He doesn't have this huge elaborate background... He just got in a freak accident I mean, where yeah. a spider bit him and he got powers. And he's, I mean, and you know, for lack of a better, lack of a better term, he's he's kind of a nerd. Almost. He's a he's a he's a nerdy guy. He's just a, a high school kid when it ha- when it first happens. He's not popular. He's a no. He's, he's a he's a he's a target amongst bullies. So. Exactly. So he just kind of falls into becoming a hero, whereas a lot of other uh, superhero characters kind of. Uh, maybe buy themselves into it with money, like like Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne, yeah. or they come into it through, um, I don't know, being an alien like Thor or uh, Superman. Well, I mean, it's yeah, and you know, this is he's also I don't want to say a mutant because that's a different realm, but he's also just yeah, but but he's you know he kind he came by this. I mean, just like you said just a second ago, he came by this. Pretty much by accident, yeah. And all of a sudden, he has this great responsibility that mm-hmm. that he is bestowed upon. Do you take it or do you don't? I think that's, right. I think it's an interesting dynamic that they're using for this film. Yeah, and we see where that struggle comes from because in one of my favorite scenes of this movie, um, he's sitting having tea with Aunt May, and she's talking about how great it would be if mm-hmm. if Uncle Ben were still around and they could be the three of them having tea together, and he finally after almost two years tells her the truth of what happened the night Ben died when he was not at the library Peter was at the wrestling ring trying to get money to impress MJ yada 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 the robbery happens he tries to carjack Ben Ben says no he shoots him and I mean never knew that side of the story and she felt betrayed I think obviously and just got up and left and it was heartbreaking to me yeah no, but it's... in that story you see Peter's motivation for why he feels the need to do the right thing because he he has a, a heart-wrenching line where he says Uncle Ben was the only person who did the right thing that night. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I don't know, it was really powerful to me. I get you. And, and, and show you why he can't shake Spider-Man that, even when he wants to. That and then in the following, not necessarily the immediate following scene, but you know, a couple of scenes later... He is back at Aunt May's house and she gives this speech about how she forgives him and and that was really touching. But then she goes into this speech about how people miss Spider-Man and he's taking all of this stuff to heart and she's talking about how Spider-Man was selfless and he gave up all of these things. It was such a 
pointed speech to Peter that it made me go, does she know that he's Spider-Man? Because it was such a uh, jabbing thing to him to be like, I guess directed at him, but uh, she later was like, what happened to Spider-Man? So I guess she didn't know. (laughs) But it just was such a good speech for Peter at that moment that it made it sound like, because like whenever she's talking about in the first movie, him and Mary Jane, and she knows that he loves her, and maybe it was just one of those like she can pick up on it, but... Yeah, just, Aunt May really killed me in this movie altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, she's a good when, when when friggin' Joel McHale denied her the loan <laughs> and the toaster. I was like, oh god, you can't even give her the toaster. Yeah, she was just a sad old lady who was trying to, I don't know, get something positive. So, she's yeah. being evicted. Yeah, her husband's dead. Like nothing's going right. Her, her nephew is doing God knows what. Yeah, and, yeah. And- not in, and Joel McHale wouldn't let her have the toaster. <laughs> Not just that, but Joel McHale also tried to steal from his own bank. Yeah! She had to slap his hand get yeah. the coin out of it. So good, yeah. for, good for her. And, uh, oh gosh, what else? Uh, I think that was the main one that, that broke me. I felt bad for her when Doc Ock took her right after that, when he broke and into the bank. She held also, on, I, I'm having, like, a train of, of thoughts here. Why would the bank vault be in the lobby? Yeah, normally it's <laughs> hidden anyone somewhere. Anyone else question just, that? It was right just there. the big vault door there in the lobby. It's right there. What I questioned is, do those arms retract? Because how to get the trench coat on? And how yeah, does they hide retract. Them? Do yeah, they, they, they okay. retract. Okay, that's fine then, because I was just like, how, mostly I just wondered how he got the trench coat on with those big old arms. But if they retract, then that's fine. Yeah. they can Now, he, now can he get a shirt on? That's tougher. But a coat, he can get that on. That's fair. You know what? I also really there was a lot of emotion in this movie. I felt I thought it was an emotional kind of roller coaster. This was a heavy movie. The Peter MJ will they won't they thing continues, Mm -hmm. and I thought they did a better job with it in this one, Mm -hmm. even though there were still some issues here and there. But I really felt for Peter when he told MJ he didn't love her when she confronted him about it. I still I think. I think MJ is a little better in this movie. I still am not fully on board with her, but I I do think she was better. So I didn't really feel for her so much, but I do feel for him. Yeah. Because he does love her. Yeah. And knew the right thing to do was to tell her he didn't because Mm -hmm. he knew that he he shouldn't drag her into this. Yeah. And that was also very powerful. You know, it goes back to, it goes back to like the characterizations of it. This is, this movie is really like a, character driven movie and i think that's what makes it even more it probably makes it like one of the one of the better superhero movies ever and i i i agree with that and the reason why is that it, you know you get really involved with what's going on and yeah the best ones are uh to a common theme is to compare movies to the dark knight on this show <laughs> yeah. and the dark knight is a very character driven film it's a very character driven film that doesn't really have i mean that movie itself doesn't really have a plot not it's not not that's as important. No. no, 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 no. But uh but yeah, you're you're right. Like those types of movies are typically better. Yeah, when you have good characters, and you can put them into anything, and it's interesting because it, the characters are good. Uh, I do think that the character of Doc of Doctor Doctor Octavius mm-hmm. is very interesting. He is very interesting because his he's mo- creepy to me. Yeah, in a different way than than. Uh, Osborne was. I mean, because when you think about it, 
when you think about it for a second, like his circumstances are very similar to Spider-Man's, whereas he... In a way, yeah. Whereas he kind of came by his, I don't know what you would call it, his mutation by accident. Because he was just doing what he was trying... He was just doing an experiment, and all of a sudden it went awry. But his motivations for what he does is very different. Mm -hmm. So... He, he, I mean, he, he personifies that evil good enough for us in this movie, but it's uh, the the struggle that he's having is definitely with uh, with the machines that he has because they are controlling him, and right. I think that's right. And I think he's the weaker of the two. Oh yeah, yeah. How scary was it to y'all? Because it was scary to me when they were the doctors were trying to operate on him, and he was under, and the arms just went wild. And it got violent. I, it got I, graphic. Like it threw that guy into the into the light and like electrocuted him. That one nurse was like dragging her nails into the ground. Ugh. I thought that scene scary was really set up like set up really good. Yeah, it was really well done. And uh, and uh, uh, I like how they you mentioned this earlier, Garrett. Um, the possible nod to uh, Army of Darkness. To, to yeah, that whole scene seemed very Evil Deady to me, just because it was it's it there's violence and and chaos and and dragging and just almost very horror esque. And it, uh, if you've never seen the Evil Dead series, the main character is Ash, who has a chainsaw hand, and so there were just he was using the chainsaw to try to cut off the arms of Doc Ock, and they had one shot in particular where the doctor had died I guess and his hand was holding the chainsaw and it just looked like yeah. it was an extension of his arm so it made me think maybe it was a call out to that but no that scene was really good uh, it was very creepy and menacing and I liked it um, going back to the emotional stuff I said I wrote down that I felt like this whole movie is like a uh, the overall theme is like an inner struggle of good and bad and what to do uh, I said you know Peter Parker versus Spider-Man and everything they're going through Mary Jane and her feelings for Peter and needing to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry at the end of the movie with his friendship with Peter and finding out that Peter's Spider-Man. And then Doc Ock with, you know, his issues with the machines and being a, a normal human being. And I said there was a lot of similarities between Octavius and Osborne in a sense that they both have really similar stories. They're both scientists. They both are very smart people. They're both role models to Peter in a way, and he looks up to them. Um, but yeah, Norman brought it upon himself, essentially, whenever he knew that this drug wasn't necessarily good to go, but he jumped in there to do it anyway, and then he kind of just went nuts because of his own power-hungry ego. Um, Octavius did to an extent, but he was trying to do something good in that energy source, and it went crazy because he was trying to make it work, I guess his ego got in the way, but not in the same extent. Mm-hmm. And and then the machines took over, and he's struggling at the end, especially whenever he's overcome the evil of the machines to overtake and self-sacrifice himself mm-hmm. for the good of mankind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did at least go out saying he did not want to die a monster. So... Yeah, and that was, and I, and again, I feel that just gives more substance to his character than than Norman had. Norman was very good at being creepy and uh, just a uh, bad guy, 
but there was more to Octavius, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Osborne was just, I think, a guy who snapped versus a guy who had real motivations. Yeah, yeah. So it was a different type of villain, for sure. You had mentioned Mary, Jane, and her being a little better, and I would agree. The the There were two issues that I had, main issues with her, was um, she... After the birthday party, she led Peter on a little bit and was egging him on and trying. Like, I know that she still loves him and I know that he loves her and they both are aware of the situation, but like, it's just unspoken. Yeah. Well, at least on Peter's end. And so she's trying to get him to say it and say that she loves him and and all of this stuff. And then she, or maybe it was the taxi cab scene. I can't fully remember, but she was egging him on and egging him on and then she was about to leave and then turns around and is like oh I'm seeing somebody by the way and I was like that's like don't egg on that's not cool to your dude that's not cool to Peter like just be like hey I'm seeing somebody which is fine because you should be moving on uh, and then just leaving dude at the aisle was cold <laughs> it really blooded. was yeah he sucked though he, yeah. well so my issue with it was like when she found <laughs> out did. that he was Spider-Man <laughs> When Mary Jane found out Peter was Spider-Man, that left two issues tied up in a in a like in a positive way. So she loved Spider-Man or had a, like a schoolgirl crush on Spider-Man for a while. She loved Peter. So in her brain, if those two people are the are the same person, then in theory there's no other option for her than to to go with this guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when the wedding was from the moment she found out to the time they were going to get married, but somewhere deep down, she knew what she was going to do. And to make that decision on the wedding day is just like, man, you could have done this. You could have done this earlier. If you could have done that like a week ago. Yeah. It would have been different. But I get it. Feelings are feelings. I understand. Uh Uh-huh. But I just was like, come on, girl. You could have got this. Yeah. I think she also just, to defend her slightly really had truly tried to give up on Peter. She did. Until he showed himself trying more in the end, and I think that's when the decision was kind of made. But there was a time where I think she was done with him. Yeah. Because he just constantly disappointed. Yeah. Whenever she called him and you were nothing but... She was like, uh, Harry's seen the show five times, uh, her boyfriend's seen it multiple times, her ma, her sick mother got out and went and saw the show... Aunt May went and saw the show, and she was like, the best, my best friend, the person that I care about the most, can't even make an 8 o'clock curtain, and you're nothing more than an empty seat to me. I was like, oh, cut like a knife. That's one of the meanest things that you could say to us. That's worse than calling them a bitch or an asshole or any kind of thing. If you just go, you're an empty seat to me. That is, woo. It's like, you got to move to Antarctica to chill out for that burn. Yeah, that is cold-blooded, but... It got the job done. On a lighter note, this movie was very funny. <laughs> it really was. Like, uh, my favorite character of this movie was J. Jonah Jameson. Sure. And I just, every time, every time he was on screen, I feel like he stole the show. I really did. I feel like he was a steam stealer because he just, you know, he he's, we, we get that he's, you know, he's an asshole editor. But the thing is, is that he really, he does it in such a comical way that it's just like, you know, you, 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 you kind of forget for, for a second that he is, that 
that he is what he is. I think there's something wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's not balanced. Mm-hmm. I wrote down one of my favorite lines was in the beginning of the movie where everybody's is always chaos in the newsroom. It's always chaos. So he's talking to Peter and he's talking to this person and Elizabeth Banks keeps coming in there and is like, ah, and he's like, no. And she finally calls him and is like, your wife's on the line and says she lost his checkbook. And he goes, thanks for the good news. And I just thought that was hilarious. And then whenever his uh, son or something happens with the son of Mary Jane or whatever. And he, this is after Spider-Man had thrown the suit away. He has it hanging on the wall and he's like, oh, this is my fault. I called him a menace and I, I just need him back. And then he is like, Spider-Man is a... And then Spider-Man yeah. sneaks in and steals the suit and he goes, a thief! And he just flips the switch again and he's like, he's a menace, get him! And I was just like, he was so... He's so good in that character. But also, like, in, in the end, whenever What's-His-Face gets stood up at the altar, you know, <laughs> he said, you know, call the caterer, you know, and he says something after that, like, "Don't have her open the caviar." Don't, don't have her open the caviar because <laughs> yeah. it's expensive. Yeah, I don't know. The one that got the most laugh out of me was was when they were trying to sell the food poisoning headline, and someone goes, "Some food got poisoned." He goes, "I'm a little nauseous." Yeah, <laughs> that one just took me by surprise a little bit. He's he's very good. You know what though? Then the, I, I may just be poking a bear on this one. I don't know that I needed him jumping around in the Spider-Man suit. Felt a little over the top to me. Toby? No. Jay Jonah. Oh. When he put on the suit when they found it in the trash can and he's just jumping around on his desk pretending to sling web. Ah, a little much for me. Meh. Either <laughs> or. I'm I'm just kind of kind of in the balance of it. Yeah. No, I, I, you, I, you probably could. Yeah, you probably could have cut. I'm not it saying out. like I done it a different way. I didn't need it. Yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. He could have gloated. It wasn't and boasted. bad, yeah. but I yeah. didn't need it. He could have gloated and boasted a different way. Because you know what else stuck out to me? This is like this is probably on a continuity section of a website somewhere or something. The blinds were on the other end of that office. They were looking through the blinds into his office. As if the blind and the but the blinds were in the newsroom portion, not in his office. It made no sense to me. Yeah, but I'm sure it was just a small goof. <laughs> it probably was. I really liked the scene where Spider Man gets caught in the elevator with that salesman. Yes, <laughs> and he just comments about the suit. Is that suit tight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tries to sell him on other ideas. Yeah. A hammock. It's like a web thing. <laughs> the I don't have pockets when he tried to give him a, a business card. Yeah. It was great. The, uh, it rides in the crotch a little bit. It's a really slow elevator. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that a lot. I also got a laugh out of, uh, in the train scene at the end, he can't get the train to stop and the guy's like, do you have any other ideas? And he's like, I got a few, yeah. <laughs> of all the times to start criticizing Spider-Man. When he's like trying to stop a speeding train, yeah, typical, yeah. typical people, never, never thankful. I wanted to talk about that scene in general because I thought that scene was like a standout. That's the for me the most memorable part of Spider-Man Two because the action, the fight scene is choreographed well. It's uh, crazy, but what surprised me the most was I forgot that he takes off his mask and regular people see him mm-hmm. i thought that was powerful to an extent because mm-hmm. i put it into modern day context and 
he saved them from crashing and dying and he had to take off his mask because it was burning or something earlier. And all of these people are like, he's just a kid. Oh my goodness, he's not any older than my son. And these two kids bring him his mask and they're like, we're not going to tell anybody. And keeping in mind that this is in 2004 where like the advancement of the smartphones was just kind of in its infancy stage. There was MySpace, but... And Facebook may have been around. I can't really remember what the social media was. But... It's the 18th century. What? How do we think that scene would have played out currently? I got a lot of feelings about this scene. Um, The easy... I mean, the easy thing to say is, of course, somebody would have posted this picture online if it happened today. I'm not convinced they would have. Because I felt like that scene really um, portrayed the respect that New York has for Spider-Man. Uh, in this universe, because despite what the Daily Bugle may print or what people may complain about on the street, they know they need Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And when he left for a short time, we saw the newspaper headline about crime rising 75% since Spider-Man left. Mm-hmm. And people asking, where is Spider-Man? Where is Spider-Man? And you take things for granted until they're gone. So I think that they had now a newfound respect for Spider-Man. And we saw that in the first movie, how, you know, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us scene. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a love and respect for Spider-Man in that room that is powerful enough for them, for it to be a a trusting environment where they probably wouldn't breach it. That's what I like to think. I'd also like to think that, but with the way things that have changed now, as soon as Spider-Man and Doc Ock started fighting on the subway, somebody would have started a Facebook Live or some kind of a live stream. And by the time that he ripped off that mask and got in front of the train, it would have been too late. Because immediately, as well, soon as something I mean, happens, immediately people start live streaming. Yeah, but if we want to go through down that route, we could also say that like a local news station also would have had a helicopter on it with a live, st- with a live shot on TV. I mean, that's true. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's just interesting to think about something like that because, again, the time frame. But, and I would like to believe that people would, would respect him enough to be like, okay, maybe we, maybe in this moment he just saved our lives. Maybe we don't do anything. But a lot of people found out who Spider-Man was in this movie, and I was really kind of surprised by that. You had Random Strangers. You had Harry. You had Mary Jane. It was just a... Uh, the great part about Spider-Man is no one knows who Peter Parker is. Yeah, that's true. That's he's true. nobody. Yeah. yeah. You'd never know who he is. He's not a Bruce Wayne type where like he's already he's famous on his own. Yeah. He is just like now a college student. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't recognize him in a place like New York yeah. City with a population of millions of people. I mean, he's like uh, 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 Superman, you know, Clark Kent. Yeah, Clark Kent just disappears into he- the mass of people, but Superman doesn't. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, now, it's likely if someone, if he did get put on TV or the internet, someone somewhere along the line would recognize him. But my my only thing is, is but I think he also stopped caring. I don't mean to interrupt you there. No, you're good. You're I good. think Peter stopped caring because he accepted that he is Spider Man. So it didn't matter to him that he didn't mm-hmm. have the mask in that moment. I think. Okay. And it also explains why he 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 does get revealed to several people in moments throughout the movie. I don't know. I think he just stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> my my thing about 
if this was shot like if this was made in the digital age sure here's what I here's what would probably happen is that like I think what it, like it probably wouldn't be posted initially but I think what might happen is is like somebody out there especially you know when you're when you're around a crowd of people somebody out there especially if they're younger will pull out a phone mm-hmm. and maybe snap a picture mm-hmm. now it probably won't get posted immediately but sooner at some point in time somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be like oh yeah my kid's got this picture of spider-man with his without his mask on you know let's try to publish it and see how much money we can get my fish is bigger than your fish kind Ex- of a situation exactly so you know they're gonna they're gonna try to like they're gonna try to like you know, pawn it off somewhere. So do I think it's plausible that they would, that they would try to like, you know, take a picture of them if they had smartphones and whatnot? Yes. Publishing. Yes. And no, it's all up to the integrity of the person who's taking yeah. the picture. And I don't, and not to say that our integrity today is worse than it has been. It probably is probably isn't, but Given today's technological standard, we don't we don't necessarily I don't, like the first th- you know when people take pictures of their food you know are they are they going to do the same thing with superheroes if they see them I'm pretty sure probably I mean they're gonna they're gonna report on it somebody out there is gonna do it somebody out there is gonna do it I had that's, a, that's all in I terms say. of Spider Man and his secret identity I had the thought. That if J. Jonah Jameson were half the journalist he, th- he thinks he is, he would have gotten that suit, like, DNA tested or something. Mm-hmm. Anything to determine who was wearing it. But as soon as he wears it, it just cancels everything out. That's true. He ruined it all by putting it on himself. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's why he's not the journalist he thinks he is. Yeah, I was going to say, do he, you think he's the a The Daily journalist? Bugle's a rag, but he thinks it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I like to look back at this movie and compare it, again, to the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, where, if you think about it, most of the people... In the cinematic universe, people know who the secret identity is and the superhero. So, like, people know Tony Stark as Iron Man. People know Steve Rogers as Captain America. Uh, Spider-Man really is one of the main ones that people don't really know. No, Spider-Man in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, I believe, the only one with a secret identity. Um, but he's also a child. He's He's a child, for one. For two, uh, he's not been made an official Avenger, so he's not been introduced to the world. Right. Like we saw at the end of Homecoming, he had the opportunity and turned it down. Mm-hmm. So the world still just, the world probably doesn't know him at all yet. No. Besides, you know, the YouTube videos that go around in that first one, but uh-huh. he's just, a, he's still your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They'll have to address that at some point. Yeah. It gets harder and harder as I think heroes go along to keep their identity secret. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to pal around with people like Tony Stark. But that's a whole other Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's a, whole a different other kind of Spider-Man. To bringing it back to this one and and the uh, him telling Mary Jane that he didn't love her. Mm. I think there's a there's there's a debate to be had on that because like yes, he's doing the right thing in being safe. However, there's also an argument that I've heard made as to isn't it fair to the woman or the man whomever the hero love interest situation is mm-hmm. to give them that opportunity May, like Mary Jane at the end of the movie was okay with the risks so do you think that had he been like listen I'm going to be honest with you 
In addition to being this, I am also this. The person that you talked about as this. There is danger. There is risk. This is the way that I feel about you, but I am not going to give this up. So I am putting the ball into your court as to how you feel about that. And a lot, and 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 I think that's an interesting dynamic. Rather than to just be like automatically, I can't do this to put you in danger. Maybe it's fair to put that other person's, like, let them make that choice because it affects them. I don't know. I if they if the person doesn't want to put them in danger, then that's their call. I think where it gets difficult for Peter in particular is he has already seen his mistakes cost the life of someone he loves yeah yeah his mistakes have already killed someone so the stakes could not be higher for him so when he says he doesn't want to put someone else in danger he is the expert at that sure so i don't know it may sound selfish but it's a life or death thing literally I think to just be the devil's advocate on it, that was early in his stage. He died. hadn't had the experience that he has now. And the reason that he died is because of inaction. For two years, he hasn't necessarily been inactive at the time that he had that conversation. Well, I guess he was inactive at the time that he had that conversation. Um, but whenever he is Spider-Man, he's not. He understands what he has to do now. And he didn't at the time that Uncle Ben was killed. Yeah, I don't think that matters. No, so. not, probably uh, not for him because of that experience. No, like, a, a death is a death. That's all there is to it. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's just... Like, it should just be... Like, if that is what it truly comes down to, it should just be looked at as a, as a form of rejection. He's not willing to... He he loves her so much, he's not willing to, to put her life at risk. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, yeah. you, you, like... <sighs> I think that's it's tough. It's a, it's a tough decision, but, especially for Spider Man. But I, I think that's what makes Spider Man more relatable. You know, like it because you can see the thought processes going through in this movie. Because now it's on now it's on your mind. You know, does he does he want to do that? Does he want to be involved with MJ? I mean, if you had that, would you do that? Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I don't think so. I I I agree with his actions in in regards to that in a way like i don't know you you can never say how exactly you do it but i understand where he's coming from mm-hmm. you know it's clear he's still not over ben's death no and the thought of doing something to someone else what directly or indirectly has got to be really tough for him i don't know i don't know this also this just i don't know peter parker and mary jane are the best superhero uh, romance angle I know of. Like, no no one other... There's nothing that strong in other superheroes movies to me. What about uh, Lois Lane and Cart Hint? Nah, doesn't do it for me. I don't think it's as strong. What about uh, Steve Rogers and... Uh... Doesn't do it for me. All right. I just don't feel it like I do with... with Peter and MJ. That's true. And I think it's like, and I'm going to keep referring back to this because this is just how well it is, is just how well these characters are fleshed out now. Like, because Mary Jane, Mary Jane is a pivotal, is a pivotal point. 
point in the movie. It is a pivotal like character. character? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a pivotal character in the movie that we just kind of, you know, we, we, we relate to. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, other people are just, they're merely supporting. And we don't, we don't get a chance to like actually get to know them better. And this, uh, I'll say it again. This is, this is probably one of the better superhero movies ever made. At least I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Because I, you know, it really doesn't get any better than this. They they did a they did a tremendously good job here. Like, yeah, and a lot of it is because of that dynamic between the two of them. You talk about Clark Kent and Lois Lane, but what superhero movie or what Superman movie are you aware of where the connection is that strong and that meaningful to the to the movie? Like they're an iconic. Uh, you don't uh, iconic relate couple, obviously, but I don't know. It doesn't do it. And the same goes for for your um, Steve Rogers, um, Agent Carter mm-hmm. comparison. They just don't explore yeah, that aspect of the, of the relationship in their respective franchises. Yeah, there's not enough of it there. And well, then Bruce Wayne has like one every different, a different one every movie. Yeah, <laughs> billionaire playboy. Exactly. Well, and I think the the reason that this movie is still considered one of the best superhero movies is because of the fact that. It's not just superhero versus evil villain. For me, again, it's more about the characters and their struggles. And one of those struggles just happens to be a bad guy is trying to take over the world and do crazy things. Like, it's not necessarily the main focus of this movie. Yeah. It's a it's a, an important part of this movie. But it's not necessarily what they're focusing on. And I think that most of the current superhero movies, that is what they do. Like, they try... I think, what... Was it Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3 that came after? Iron Man 3. Where there's... Is a lot about Tony's character. They try to do it, and it does a decent job, but just doesn't have the same impact. And that's really the only other one that I can think of that isn't an origin story. Yeah. That focuses... Or tries to focus on the character and not just, hey, there's a villain. Let's go beat him up and try to figure out how we're going to beat him up. Uh, I will say that, like, this was when I saw this movie, I just graduated high school and I I was like trying to come into my own of like, 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 like why, why movies are important and especially why superhero movies are important. And the thing that I came away from this whenever I whenever I walked away is that you can have you can have deep character study and have a superhero action flick at the same time because yeah. more or less character studies and superhero movies are both two different creatures because you know obviously uh, superhero movies and summer action flicks are exactly what it is or summer action flicks are just something to have fun with. Whereas character studies are just something that you meditate upon. I've never actually come across a movie that you can actually you can actually do one and the same at the same time, one one and the other at the same time. Right. And I, th- and I think that's like, how, <clears throat> excuse me. I was not really privy to the. I was at the time. I was not really privy to the uh, to the notion of character study at the time. Mm-hmm. But like. The more I read about this, the more it made sense. I'm like, okay, you know, there is, you know, there's there's a there's a sense of pathos. There's a sense of like conf- There's a huge sense of conflict, and 
you know, just that inner struggle that everybody here has been talking about. Yeah, I think that this movie uh, proves and proved at the time that you could do um, a superhero movie that goes deeper than just what people think of as a comic book. Mm hmm that there are characters it's not just fighting and action yeah and then it you know leads the way to a movie like the dark knight to come along and blow the doors off of all of it and and really prove that you can put heroes in any type of movie and still succeed at what you're trying to do yeah it doesn't have to follow the formula you think it does no no well anything else anything else we want to touch on before we start to wrap up i don't have anything Ponder, ponder, ponder. I got nothing. No. I went to the grocery store this evening. <laughs> See, that was for the first part of the show. <laughs> you should have told us you went to the grocery store in the first part of the show. All right. Well, that wraps up Spider-Man 2 for this week. A very good movie. We'll be back next week with Spider-Man 3. I'm anxious to see it. I feel like... I I still kind of feel like I might like it more than I think I will. It's, it's obviously going to be extremely difficult to compare to this one. Uh-huh. I mean, but I think it might get a worse rep than it earned. Uh, but I'm just this is pure speculation because I haven't seen it in years. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna watch it with an open mind. On this I, I know there are problems right off the bat. Yeah, I you know too many villains. Yada yada yada. Yeah, the first yeah the first one had. But I'm interested. Uh, I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, the, sorry, the, the the third the first time I saw it. I, I it got to the point where I was just kind of exhausted. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna stop right now because like I, I don't want to get. say let's not start that up. That's okay to talk about it a little bit. I mean, well, we're in a preview mode type of thing. The only the only thing I the only thing I'll say about this is that it got to the point where there was a point in which I got just kind of exhausted with the movie. Right. You know, I'm just like, okay, you know, what are you doing now? And it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot three, of sense to me. Three movies. And I've, we kind of went into this in uh, Back to the Future. Th- the third movie is hard because yeah. it's hard to tell a story that you didn't tell in the first two. And when you look at Spider-Man 2 in particular, you really think, where else do you go? This one was so good. It covered so much. How do you tell it again? And if you don't have an end in mind, it's even harder. And oh, they yeah. did not have an end in mind. No. Spider-Man 3 was not intended to be the final spider-man movie with this so it's not a complete trilogy in that sense no so it's gonna be interesting i can't even remember really what it's about i know basics but i don't know the plot there's off the top of my head. yeah i know there's hobgoblin because i forgot harry's whole hobgoblin. harry's whole existence in spider-man 2 is essentially to set him up for three i forgot about hobgoblin. yeah he learns about he finds out peter is spider-man and then we have that weird scene at the end where he stumbles into uh, Osborne's Green Goblin Laboratory mm-hmm. in, in indicating that he will become the Goblin himself. Dun, dun, dun. Let's guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Woo! I'm gonna go with 91. I'm gonna go with... Ooh, I wanna go higher than you. I'm gonna go with 94. <laughs> 94. Okay. Like a three points higher. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock you completely out of the running unless it's lower. I'm gonna go. Would you say 91? Yeah. I was gonna say 92. And I have the list, and it is a 93. Ooh, that's a tie. Boom. That's a dead tie. Boom. Wow. Boom. We never had that before. Nope. We dead, both win. A dead tie for being wrong, but closest. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. uh higher than the previous one. 
How many duck octopus arms would you give it? Oh, definite five. Yeah, I... Or four. For what this is, not... I think I'd give it five out of five. I think it's the perfect superhero movie. Yeah, no. I really don't have issues with it. Nope. I was going to give it four out of five just because I struggled to give anything a five. I feel like we could have a whole podcast on that. Yeah. What... And I just want to probe. What keeps either of you from giving it a five? Well... I understand the concept of it's hard to give anything a perfect score. I just want to know if there's anything in particular. Well, for, for starters, what I wish... The reason why he said five octopus arms, uh-huh. he actually only has four. I know, but I was just like, as an example. Then I'm going to give it a perfect score, five out of five. Oh, okay. Well. So, because that's initially what I was going for. Oh, okay. So. Two perfect scores and one four. Four out of five. I said I meant 4.5. Well, it's still not a perfect score. No. All right. <sighs> I guess that's good enough then. <laughs> Next week, we'll be back with Spider-Man 3. Yay! Woo-hoo! I don't know how to feel about it yet. We'll see. You can find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection. And on Instagram, just search for So Many Sequels Pod. We're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Whichever one you're listening on is probably one of those. It would have to be, really. Uh-huh. Uh, leave us a review on the on on Apple Podcasts if you're using us there. That's always fun. Little star ratings and reviews. I understand it helps us out. I don't really know the details of it, but it helps. Algorithms. So get in there, review and rate. Hopefully, if you like it, we'll love you forever. We'll like you for always. Uh, oh, by the way, has anybody seen my tritium that I lost? <laughs>